Arboria. Welcome to Yeah, But I'm Vivian Gabor, and oh my god, it's been forever since I've recorded a podcast. <clears throat> As you can tell, my voice is just like we're we're gonna work through this, folks. <laughs> we're gonna work through this together. Um, I'm super excited because I uh have finally gotten a New York hosting gig. Uh, and that means that I'm going to start having all of the guests who are at that gig on my podcast. Um, and who better to start that that trend out with than New York's own, New York's finest, Jessica Rose. Hello. Hi, Gorgie. How you doing? Oh, you know, it's been one of those weeks. <laughs> <laughs> one of those lifetimes. <laughs> Seriously. Someone someone asked or someone earlier today mentioned um, they were like, do what you got to do to maintain your sanity and lifestyle. And I was like, you know, my lifestyle has been survival since moving to the city. <laughs> yeah. Where are you from? I'm from Seattle. Uh, everyone Seattle, on the podcast okay. is tired of me talking about it. But uh, yeah, it's from <laughs> I'm from the best coast. I'm from the West Coast. Um, and yeah, you know, New York is all about learning how to survive. I can't even think about a lifestyle at this point. It's just, do we have rent money? I feel you. We have a day job. So that's like what keeps me going. <laughs> right? So where are you from? Are you from here? No, I'm too nice to be from here. No, I'm originally oh. from Orlando. <laughs> <laughs> oh fun come on florida i know the, the i'm queen of the gators truly <laughs> <laughs> why did you leave orlando tell me a little bit about about that i i mean i when i hate florida I'd like hate it like it's 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 just it's mostly the weather i think more above anything else and also the fact that there's just like nothing there's nothing to do like at me growing up i literally like I mean, I, I was able to go to Disney growing up, but like, that's really the only thing that's in Orlando. There's nothing else. Like it's there, it, you're not, you're an hour from any beach and I'm not even a beach person. So that doesn't even matter to me, but like you're an hour from any beach. You like my friends, all they wanted to do was either go to the mall or the movies or the beach. That was literally it. So like, I, I was just bored. Like I was bored out of my mind. I like fashion, art, like culture. And like, that doesn't, it's getting there where like I, I go home now and it's crazy because it's like the fastest growing city in America right now or one of them. Um, and so they are like adding all this new cool stuff that's like geared towards people our age. But like, I don't know, there's like, there's just nothing. I go home and it's like nothing. I'm like, what art galleries? None. Like, what else, What do you do that's not Disney? Nothing. <laughs> like, See, I would say that that's a reason to come to New York, but then I came to New York and I don't do any of those things. So I'm just like, my reasons for loving New York are 2 a.m. pizza and like <laughs> cheap halal food. Like... <laughs> Hey, listen. Don't have better reasons. Those are two very valid reasons to stay here. <laughs> <laughs> and 
every once in a while you'll be walking to work and you'll catch a glimpse of the Empire State Building. You're like, yes, I am in fact hair toss in New York. And I then you're like, oh, God. It. Mm-hmm. I like never, it never, I don't know. Like when I, when I was working in Hell's Kitchen, sometimes then I would be like, oh, I'm like walking through Times Square, literally walking through Times Square to go to this <laughs> show. Like that, that would like trip me out sometimes. I'm like, this is like people like, live and breathe to come and see this and it's literally so shitty (laughs) right wait so uh this is fantastic because i never meet anyone else who lives in new york who doesn't like new york um but i like uh, new york i just don't i like times square does nothing for me i mean it's this weird thing of like i I'll put it this way. So one of my favorite shows of all time is Company by Stephen Sondheim. Okay. And there's there's this, there's a song in Company called Another Hundred People. And it's just kind of talking about how people come in, they come out, they, they're just, it's all these people rushing around all the time and you don't ever think about where you are. Mm-hmm. Um, and it definitely, like, you get stuck in the drudgery of it and you get stuck in the, like, uh just the mundanity mundanity i don't know if that's a word but we're gonna say it's a word um Mm -hmm. of it all and i definitely have the i have to like stop myself sometimes and be like you moved here because little 12 year old you wanted to live in new york and now you have a day job right off union square like wow used to work in times square like you you see the New York skyline every single time you go into the city. Stop fucking complaining. Yeah, <laughs> I feel sure, that. it's hard, but I'm here. Like, get over it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's very fair. Yeah, I try to remind myself sometimes, like taking the train over the um, the Williamsburg Bridge. Then, like, mm-hmm. yeah, you like literally like you made it you did what so many I feel like there's so many queer people across America would like kill to do you know what I mean like and I and I and I feel like I kind of have thrived here so yeah I'm grateful yeah that's great it's hard to it's hard to thrive in the city like you it's what I've learned is that it's one of those things where you have to to take the moments of thriving because they it's not a consistent always doing great always doing wonderful definitely not (laughs) it's like it's like a couple weeks here and there where you're like oh my god I'm on top of the world I'm doing everything I want to do (laughs) everyone loves me this is great I'm in the city the temperature is perfect I can go to the park whenever I want to I can go Mm -hmm. to this I can do that and then (laughs) and then it just like reality hits you and you're sitting on the subway and it smells terrible and you're like oh yeah Oh, oh yeah it's a it's a normal city it's not mm-hmm. and the fifth person <laughs> is begging for money and like yeah it's, yeah <laughs> I was having that conversation with my sister because she was like I want to come visit you when should I come visit you and I was like definitely take a cue from movies about New York and don't come in the summer oh yeah god never like there's a reason movies in New York are never set in the summer and it's just because if it was, they would be complaining about how it smells like pee and garbage. Like, <laughs> it's just, and everyone's sweaty. Like, I love this time of year because I've, I'm such a sweaty person. Like, it, all it takes is for me to go from one temperature to another. Like, it doesn't mm-hmm. matter how cold either of those temperatures are. 
like if I go from one temperature to another, my body instantly starts sweating and it's just like dripping down my face and I look oh, so nervous. <laughs> and I love the summer because all of a sudden everyone else looks the same way. <laughs> and I'm finally like, y'all, <laughs> now I'm you got blessed. it. I don't really sweat, not really. Like I, I I feel like that's like one of the advantages to me for drag that I'm like, I feel like there's so many things that I'm like, if I had to cinch every time and pad and like, if I sweat a lot or if I like wasn't pretty naturally hairless, like there's so many things that I'm like, if I didn't have all these things, I don't know if I would do this shit. Wow, call me out. Literally every single one of those things, I'm the opposite. <laughs> that wasn't a call out <laughs> But seriously, I mean, that's one reason why I'm at the gym every day anymore is I'm just like, I gotta get to the point where I don't have to cinch. I gotta get to the point where I don't have to do this. I don't know. Where I can wear a single it. layer of clothing and be fine. <laughs> it's like, I don't know. I really don't know how people do it. I really don't. Like, and like people that do like the stunts and stuff, I'm like, mm-hmm. I literally don't know how. I'm like, how do you do that and not like actively want to kill yourself? <laughs> like, I don't right? know. Right? Do oh my God. I <laughs> like, can't. I mean, I do a lot. Like, I wear a steel corset, and I wear four pairs of tights every time, and multiple body shapers, and then whatever clothing I'm wearing on top of that, which is usually vinyl because I'm a, I'm stupid. <laughs> um, and I don't even know how those people do those things. Like, there's a reason I'm a park and barker. Like, there's too much on my body for me to move too much, even if I want to do it or or could physically. No. It's not happening. <laughs> I'm like, I yeah, I don't even know. I'm like, I'm naked and I don't, re- I, I, I don't know. I don't, <laughs> da- I don't like, I, I dance, I quote unquote dance um, a little bit, but it's more of like, a, I can move. I walk in, I walk back and forth very purposefully. <laughs> you point, you point to where you're going, you get there, you pause. Then you point and you you walk, you point to where you're going. I'm back. a fantastic arm actor. I'm great but, at pointing <laughs> at people, putting my hand out for money. Like, <laughs> those are my best moves. Are Every once in a while, too, I'll turn right? around and like point my butt at someone and be like, "Look, it's a butt." Doesn't move, but look, <laughs> it's a butt. <laughs> Love, but you sing too, right? Am I crazy? Um, I am a singer. I do have two degrees in opera performance. Uh, oh have I ever used them in drag? Recently, yes. I've started singing more. But there was... So I've been doing drag since 2015. Okay. And up until literally two weeks ago, I had never done an entire show singing. Usually it was maybe one number every mm. few shows that I'd sing. Okay. Word. That's you, crazy. You know, stage fright. It's a fun thing. It's great. Uh, yeah. And we started drag at the same time. We did? Yeah. I did. Uh, I moved here in 2015 and I pretty much, like, from the time that I got here, I was like, okay, I want to do this. And I started doing it. I wasn't serious. I didn't do it seriously until, like, 2017, really. But So like, were you a Halloween queen? Were you a pride queen? Were you just uh, someone dared me to, so I did it? <laughs> I well okay so I did I mean like I guess Halloween but not really because I feel like the first time I ever like really put on a wig and in shoes and the whole thing was for Halloween but I don't really count that because I didn't perform and I wasn't like I just was hanging out with my friends for mm. Halloween and like I, I I think 
I was like summer, but I didn't do pride. Like I, I, I got here and started doing drag, I think kind of after pride. Like I did pride with my one friend and then, or I like kind of started drag and then went to pride with my one friend who was like my drag mother, quote unquote. And <laughs> then I, yeah, I just like was doing it from there. I don't know. I don't know how to count it. I don't think I like count the Halloween thing as like. So were you, drag. so were you then a theater kid or did it just kind of come out of nowhere? Uh, I don't call myself a theater kid. I did, I did like drama in high school. I did do like plays and stuff and I liked doing that, but like, I wasn't, I mean, I had friends that were like way, way more into it on that level than I was. Like, I loved doing it because I think it was like the one hobby that I ever did in high school that I really like liked. Mm. Um, and yeah, but I feel like I always kind of was like a performer on my own. I don't know how, like, I, I, like, I did it for me, like, in my room <laughs> or in the shower. Like, I feel like I never really, like, showed that side of me for most of my life until, well, actually, I did do stuff as a kid. Now that I think about it, I had, my, my parents put me in this program called Star Kids. I don't know if it's a thing up here. Um, I've never heard of it. It was, like, it was out of a church, so it probably is not a thing, <laughs> but, like, it, it was, um, they do, I know that they exist outside of like where I was, but I don't know where, I think maybe only in the South, but it was like a performance thing where like, it was like lip syncing kind of to dance. So it was like literally drag, like literally drag for children. Um, it, was, it was like, it was like the Thanksgiving day parade where you see the like Broadway kids come out and they're like, kinda, <laughs> we're yeah. doing some choreography and yes, a song. Literally. It's like choreography to a song. That was what Got it was. It. And, um, <laughs> I remember like there was other boys in it and like I, re I remember being like very into it and I remember they put, put me as like the lead but I didn't know I was the lead <laughs> because they had no I had no idea I never did anything like that before that point in my life so I like I didn't know because they were like oh like you have to be like a step ahead of everybody here like step up stage further than everybody else and like you're doing it front and center. I didn't think anything of it. I thought that's just how they were staging it. <laughs> like, so, and we did like, I think it was to Elvis, weirdly. It was like, all, it was like me and the three other guys. <laughs> number to Elvis. So. See, I was the opposite. Whenever I was the lead, I knew I was the lead and I made <laughs> sure everyone else knew that I was the oh. lead too. <laughs> I've always been that, that person. Well, I got a lot of the like lead roles in the place that I was in, but I didn't even think about it that way either. I don't know. Like I knew I had more lines than other people, but I didn't even really like think about it. I just yeah, did it. Yeah. I was like, no, I was like, okay, whatever. But also I went to a very small private Christian schools. Um, so like- Wait, where did you go? I, I don't, I doubt you oh, ever are you talking about you're talking about like pre-college I thought you meant like college because I I went oh, to no, a private school. Christian college and so I'm like I, whenever I hear that I'm like ooh, which one did you go to let's compare wait you went to stories. private Christian college where yeah Whitworth University Spokane went, Washington oh I know it I actually know I've heard, I've heard of it yeah I went it to was, um, I think 2800 students when I graduated wow. I knew everyone in my graduating class at least by name if not had conversations with them wild yeah i almost went to uh samford in alabama okay. and that was the, i know that is like i don't are they catholic i don't think so 
I'm not sure. They might be Methodists. Yes. Oof, God, I really dodged a bullet <laughs> not going there. Um, <laughs> Jesus. Like, I can't even imagine. I, like, it was funny, though, because, like, their, my school that I actually went, I went to Flagler College in St. Augustine, and okay. it's like, not a religious school, but, like, it's very, uh, the funding is all very Catholic. So mm. they kept a lot of the rules of that because it was originally like a hotel and then um, it became an all girls boarding school. And then after, I, I don't even know, I think maybe in the sixties it transferred over to being like a, a boys and girls school. And they had non-interdorm visitation. One of the only religious schools in a non-religious schools in America. I think we were one of four schools in America that didn't wow. allow inner dorm visitation. Like if I went into the girls dorm room, like I would have gotten like severely reprimanded and or possibly uh, kicked out. Like they were psycho about it. Like, and yeah, so it was needless to say, lots of gays <laughs> 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 and mostly women. Um, and uh, yeah, it was very, it was very, it was like weird. It was a liberal arts school and it was like very weirdly repressed. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, my school, we had, there was one dorm that was all women, one dorm that was all men, and then all of the other dorms were, like, floor by floor. Okay. Um, and it wasn't so much that you weren't allowed in the, like, as a, as a man, mm-hmm. I wasn't, it's not that I wasn't allowed in the women's dorm or on the women's floors, but it was, like, if you were in there, you would get these real dirty looks or, like, uh, like the like the energy would shift and you would just get really uncomfortable so I just never went over there even though like all of my friends were girls obviously um but there were only like two out gay guys at the school we weren't allowed to have a uh, um uh, uh what do they call it the uh gay alliance what oh is- GSA yeah, we weren't allowed to have a gay straight alliance. We had we had one, but we it was it's named like- something else. Oh. <laughs> we weren't allowed to be part of the like national GSA organization. Wow. Um, and I joined it as an ally. Oh wow. <laughs> back then. Um I because I was one of the straights. Uh <laughs> Although I was friends with the only two out gay people on campus. So uh, so that was great. Uh, Yeah, it was it was an interesting experience because it was so small and everyone knew each other. I knew uh, the college president on a first name basis and knew all of the administration and what like there were I was kind of a troublemaker even then. Um, I'm obviously a troublemaker now, but even then I was. administration knew me very well <laughs> oh my god because i was always calling them out on bullshit and like just like <laughs> going crazy on campus and they're like ira we need you to calm down <laughs> i was That's like crazy. I can't. y'all are crazy my school is um, small too but i don't think i mean like it wasn't my college at least wasn't that small my my high school was like fully a hundred people on like two different campuses like it was not it was like very teeny tiny I it was the same thing I knew like literally everybody on the other campus too like I knew everybody um and yeah it was very very 
I didn't think anything of it, but like, it's very weird looking back before we did it out of like an Episcopalian church <laughs> and like the teachers didn't come out. They would like stay only in their classroom. So like we would go out and we were always like, kind of, they would just like let us roam. If I had wanted to like fully like leave the campus and go like get food or something, I mm-hmm. fully could have. I never really did, but like I fully could have. That sounds like what I did for high school. We were homeschooled, um, but we had- Oh, I was homeschooled we, too. We went to a homeschool co-op. Um, and that was held at a church and it was like all of my friends parents were my teachers which worked out in the long run because like my friends parents were all like had PhDs in English and in in mathematics and like shit like that so like what was your denomination uh, I grew up Presbyterian the frozen chosen oh lord Um, yeah it was great uh But yeah, so I mean, it worked out because I had a great education, but it was also weird because it was just like a bunch of homeschoolers running around with no social (laughs) skills pretending to be public schoolers. Um, But then meanwhile, you had just like hundreds of homeschool moms roaming the halls during classes being like, why aren't you in class? And it's like, I'm waiting for my mom to pick me up. Well, you should be in study hall. Okay, great, Karen. Thank you. I think that's honestly, crazy. truly, that's why I'm so good at customer service now because I just grew up with so many Karens. Oh my God, same. I was like, I, I was also homeschooled. I didn't go to a co-op. I knew a lot of people that did, but um, I I was homeschooled to like fifth grade. Um, and I, like we went to, we were non-denominational, but like it, they, we did the, much would be like yeah oh like I I I just wanted to like speak to you about like why do you let your children do this kind of you know what I mean it's very like judgmental but like all framed within trying to be like like constructive or whatever I don't know yeah that was very much the church I grew up in I went to a it was technically a Christian and Missionary Alliance church um, which is a branch of the Presbyterian church that has an emphasis on missions specifically um so yes I was one of those kids (laughs) that used to go to other countries and do short-term missions for like two weeks and be like we saved people we built houses and the rest of the world is like why are you doing this like this isn't helping anyone no um but yeah it was very much that kind of like backstabby like we noticed that this is your behavior right now Mm -hmm. and we don't want to tell you that it's wrong but maybe we could you know do this instead you know mm-hmm. yes do do this <laughs> yeah. I was like weird I feel like I don't know like they were so it was so like insidious but also I feel like my mom my parents in general were like way more lax than a lot of parents that I knew like my friends parents were like insane and like wouldn't let them do anything watch anything go anywhere like we were had a lot of restrictions ourselves but like 
I knew that we were allowed to do a lot more than the, my other friends growing up. And it wasn't even, it wasn't really till private school that I was like, oh, like all of you kids that are all like the same Christianity, whatever that we are, like are allowed to do way more than we are. And like, I, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I, even then I didn't think because I was raised around like almost entirely Christian people. I really didn't know. But did you grow up going to church? Yeah. Oh, every Sunday for my whole life. Like it wasn't, we weren't, my mom was not like, we didn't fuck around, but we were, it was like every single Sunday, if we were on vacation, my mother would find a church for us to go to on Sundays. Like it was that level of like, we were always, always home. I mean, we didn't, we didn't go on vacation very often to places where we didn't have family, but when we did go on Mm -hmm. vacation, we would always go to like my grandma and grandpa's church on Sundays. And Mm -hmm. like, you always had to bring your church clothes with you when you went on vacation. Uh, we were we were also two time two time a week Christians. So not only were we there on Sunday mornings, so, well Sunday almost all day because it would be uh, church at eight and then Sunday school at nine thirty, and then during second service I would have uh, Bible quizzing. So like ten to noon I would be practicing like memorizing Bible verses and uh learning how to jump really fast (laughs) (laughs) and then we would go home and have dinner and go to bed um and then on wednesdays we went to this group called awana which oh my god uh, i didn't ever went but i know what you're talking about yeah so it stands for approved work men are not ashamed um and it's basically boys scouts and girl scouts but Mm -hmm. with a lot more bible memorization and uh moralism (laughs) we didn't ever have that but we had um (laughs) my dad one of his best friends is um a lawyer who was renowned like famous lawyer who um his like claim to fame was that he was like one of the most outspoken people against proposition eight. (laughs) Yep. So he was like, (sighs) like railing against the gates. I had no idea what that was as a child. I had no fucking idea. And I, it was funny Mm. because we had a sign on my lawn for it. And like my aunt, apparently I learned this years later, my aunt came up to my mother and was like, you're hurting your son by doing that da 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 because she knew I was a fag like full stop (laughs) I I was very 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 effeminate as a child still am but um, like I was extremely as a child and um yeah so like he um where was I going with that damn it oh yeah he um formed a like version of the Boy Scouts as well when the Boy Scouts started like not discriminating as much as they had been known to they were like well the Boy Scouts have turned to the devil whatever like you know like they're they're going the way of the secular world so like we're gonna create this other like more Christian version of the Boy Scouts and it was called the Rescue Rangers I don't know if it's a thing across the nation but that's what they called it at my church and I was of course forced to go to this thing and um it was so because <laughs> it was like yeah they they tried to have it be like a thing and then I don't think there was enough people that did it to have it be a thing so it was like I, I think we did one camping trip and then I know me and my brother got like a huge fight with this kid where we were like fucking with him the whole trip 
because he was fucking with us so we were fucking with him right back I don't remember what we did to him but I know me and my brother did something to him in his tent and uh, I think we probably beat him up uh, <laughs> most likely we probably beat him up I mean hey he probably deserved it oh no he fully did he was a little asshole but uh, um, like I, I remember like it was so bad that they called my mom about it that was like the escalation it like really got like bad I don't know if we left earlier I think it was like a one night thing so like I don't think we left early but I, I remember my mom coming and picking us up and being like what happened like she was like really mad at us oh my God. um or the adults I know were really pissed off at me and my brother and we were like well this kid was doing xyz to us and she was like oh okay that was the thing too like my mom was so lax comparatively to like the other people like I remember I would get in trouble in bible school all the time because mm. I just talked and like <laughs> they would call they would call my mom or my dad and they would like come and pick us up or whatever and like my mom would always be like like in front of the adult that would be like your kid was so disruptive blah, 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 blah. she'd be like oh yes I'm so sorry like we're gonna address it with him blah 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 and then like we would walk away and I would be like am I in trouble and she'd be like no <laughs> <laughs> so like I was always like at a certain point I was like fuck y'all like I can do whatever I want my mom doesn't give a shit <laughs> like so needless to say I was also uh known to be the bad kid in, in my church I mean everyone needs one of those kids in, in the church at least one of those kids Oh, for sure. I but- definitely was not at church. I was everywhere else. At church, I was the, like, I was, I think, the last kid to wear, like, ties and bow ties and button-up shirts to to church every Sunday. And I did that until high school. Wow. And I remember one Sunday in high school, I was just, like, I put on, like, a nice pair of jeans and, like, a button-down shirt that wasn't tucked in and came out ready for for uh church and my mom was like what are you wearing (laughs) I was like not a single other person in my age bracket wears a tie anymore I don't want to I feel stupid and it was like this huge fight and then my dad was like we have to leave right now so I guess he's wearing it and we just left and from then on it was just kind of not a battle anymore and like it finally got to the point where I was like wearing polos or like wearing a nice t-shirt or something um but yeah it it very much (laughs) my parents were like this never mind this is not a hill we want to die on like I think we even had that whole like argument where my parents were like you have to dress up you're in the lord's house I'm like Jesus wore sandals I'm gonna <laughs> wear flip flops. Like, <laughs> I would have never even thought that way to say that. That's my. <laughs> I was always that little kid that was like, you know what? I'm gonna study the Bible and then I'm gonna use it against you. <laughs> I think I tried. I feel like I was so like non-confrontational. Like I, people in my church thought that I was like a recluse, like silent. Like I've never been that way in my life. Like I'm. Oh, very people social. in my church thought that. I hated everyone and that I thought I was better than everyone when Probably really it was just my parents wouldn't let me go to youth group <laughs> so LOL. I didn't have any friends at church oh and so I was just like well I guess I'm just not gonna have friends at church <laughs> well they were like I mean like it was crazy to me because like I I just didn't want to deal with it like I knew I I didn't fake anything like my church was very about like oh raise your hands and while you're worshiping and like be very like vocal and like 
dance in the aisles and all that kind of shit. And I'm not that way at all. Like, so I would not do it. And like people, especially in, in like my, my Bible's classes or like in youth group, especially like people would try to call me out on it or try to be like, why aren't you, why aren't you worshiping? Or why aren't you like, why don't you go to the front to confess whatever bullshit? And I was like, um, because I don't want to, and you're not going to make me. And like, I, I had it down to a science. I knew, um, when people were like, oh, like, what is the sin that you struggle with? I would always say pride because it's not quantifiable one. Mm. You can never say that you can never like be like, you're being prideful. You know what I mean? Like, it's very hard to pin that down. Mm. And two, it was something that I was like, yeah, it's just not something that people can like hold you accountable for. Yeah. Like, it's not like the other things like, oh, I, I, I get, I am angry. Like that shows you can, you can visibly see that most of the time. Like, or you like, or like lust or anything like the people can be like, oh, have you been watching porn or whatever? You know what I mean? Like there's ways to quantify those things. Mm -hmm. Pride. I was like, you can't ever like follow up on this. So I always said pride. (laughs) Like. You say, yeah, I, I struggle with pride. Oh, do you think you're better than everyone else? Yeah, of course. <laughs> Internally, of course, yes. Uh, and I knew I was. Like that was the, that was the thing. I was like, you would have done. You would have done so well as a Presbyterian. Like, <laughs> there's a reason they're called the Frozen Chosen. You do not move when you worship. You either wow. sit and sing, or you stand when the pastor says to stand. Uh, and saying, if you raise your hand, people will think you're weird. And you do not thrive. I, I remember th- that there was like one lady that started dancing one Sunday and they went up to her afterwards and they were like, you can't do that. This is a house of the Lord. Oh my God. I wish. Honestly, that would have made, I would have, I feel like that would have made my life so much easier. <laughs> like it sucks either way to be religious, but like I feel like that kind of environment was would have been more like my speed because mm-hmm. I just was not oh, like I'm not spirit, I'm not a spiritual person I've never been really religious my whole life like I tried to believe all of it and I tried to like fit myself into the mold but like I knew that it was I feel like as a child as a small child I kind of knew it was all bullshit like mm-hmm. I feel like I figured it out pretty early because I'm like logic brained so like mm-hmm. I would look at stuff and be like, that doesn't make any fucking sense. Like everything you're saying doesn't make any fucking sense. Like, and I didn't get why I, I like was big into fantasy and stuff and all the Bible stories. And like this, these read exactly like Alice in Wonderland or any of these books that I love. Like these are stories, like, you know, it, mm-hmm. it doesn't see, it doesn't sound or feel real. Yeah. Like, Yeah, I remember this one time so so dances never happened at church never ever we had harvest festivals we had fundraisers where it was like talent shows and singing and stuff like that but never dancing and there was one year when i was i think it was i was like seventh or eighth grade that we had a harvest festival and the person putting it together decided to uh do like line dancing or something at it and like (laughs) hired like a line dancing caller and like had them come in and it was like this huge scandal and she ended up having to like leave the church because people would not like let her live it down it was so crazy and if you had your wedding reception at the church you you could do like the father-daughter dance and you could do the like first dance but that was it wild yeah 
which is not something I normally would like ascribe to Presbyterians. Like, yeah, they're the frozen chosen, but it's not like a rule. That's mm. definitely more Methodist. Like you don't do anything that could be misconstrued as sinful, mm-hmm. but Presbyterians are normally just like boring. Uh, so I don't know what was up with my denomination. <laughs> I was going to say. I, I just I, remember I stopped going there. So when the SCOTUS ruling came down in favor of gay marriage, they apparently had had this email drafted for like weeks at this point. Oh my God. And as soon as the ruling came down, they hit send. Like the head of the don- denomination hit send. And immediately every single member got an email that said, we will never have a gay wedding in one of our churches. Like it's an abomination. It's evil, blah, blah, blah. And I turned to my parents and I was like, I'm never going back to, I wasn't even out at this point. And I was like, I'm never going back to the church. Good for you. And they were like, okay, fine. I'm, I think at that point I was a senior in high school. Okay. Um, And I'd been like looking for churches and stuff when I was in college Hmm. and funny enough I actually in grad school started going back to church but only because I was paid to because I was in the church the first Presbyterian church of Missoula's choir as their like (laughs) tenor uh uh section leader so I got paid like a (laughs) hundred bucks a week to go to church I was like if you're paying me I'll sit there and listen to a sermon I don't care (laughs) <laughs> damn i'm jealous i i also said i have i mean like when i started going to college i started i did go to service for like i think the first semester and like a half but i think by the second semester i started realizing i was like wait like nobody's making me do this like it was just so habit it was ingrained in me yeah. for my whole life because i did it every sunday and like i was so ingrained in me and i was like wait like why am i doing like i got to ha- i could fully not do this i'm waking up at like 8 a.m to go to these church services for what for who like yeah my mom doesn't know if i'm going or not like i i could fully lie if i wanted to and say that i'm going and she would never know so i was like wait like what like why am i doing this and then i think that's like when it really clicked in my mind that i was like wait i don't fucking believe this anyway why am i doing this like (laughs) and i think that's like really when i was like wow like yeah, I've never believed this. Like my whole life, I haven't never believed this. And I don't know why it took me this long to fucking admit that, but like, I don't care. Like I've never cared. And, I will, yeah, and yeah. like, it, it, I don't know. It was like so weirdly, it was like weird, but also very liberating. And I think like, mm. I, I'm just not a dramatic person really, ironically, as a drag queen, <laughs> I think. but I'm not really that big. I'm not really into the dramatics or like the, the big announcements or anything. And I just kind of was like, well, I'm not like, I told my mom, I was like, I'm not Christian anymore. That's it. Sorry, yeah, it's really funny. Me. At this point, I think my parents have quit going to church too. And the only one that still goes to church, I think, is my sister. But she just moved to San Francisco and doesn't have a church, I don't think. So I don't think any of us go to church anymore. No, my family still does. I don't know about my middle brother, I don't think. But like my, I know my youngest brother doesn't either. But like my mom, definitely every, it's still the same place too. Like they, they've had those scandals that have rocked that place are like, wild my youth oh, pastor. every single youth pastor was a was a pedophile and every I'm single saying. senior pastor had all every single one of our senior pastors except for i think one had affairs with someone in the congregation and got fired and i'm just like y'all does this not seem like a pattern to anyone i'm saying like our our youth pastor like same thing he like had a he was married had like three kids by this point and then like i think she was also pregnant maybe and he was he had like a four year long extramarital affair like with just random people like it wasn't even like the same person that he was having it was like 
random, like, he was, like, hiring prostitutes the whole nine. The whole nine. Not shaming anyone who hires sex workers. No, I don't care. But now if I you're don't care. In, but back then it was shocking, you know. But if you're saying that you're in a monogamous relationship and you're a pastor, maybe not. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was. But, like, the thing is, like, it was, Read like, the room. He, would, he would disappear in the middle of the day and no one could get a hold of him for, like, hours on end. And I was, like, nobody, like, put this Thought together that something was up like really because like yeah he would go to the strip club in the middle of the day and like yes literally oh my god i was like this is buck like i can't believe nobody ever caught on to it and when it came out it was like this huge huge massive thing and like i oh, the the youth pastor that was a youth pastor when i was in high school is now like married to someone that was like a year older than me and i'm like and everyone's like so happy for them because they're doing so well. And it's like he, she, she was one of his like students. Yeah. I Are mean, we not it, going to put some pieces together here, people? <laughs> I, I mean, it's the blinders on. <sighs> repent and you'll be forgiven. I like I. Uh, it, yeah, I don't know. It was really I. I was rooting for her. I was like, leave him, leave him, divorce him, like get out right now. Of course she didn't, but uh, I was like, I, I was rooting for her. I was like, oh, yeah, every time I hear of like her. a mega church falling apart, I'm just like, yes, we got another <laughs> one. <laughs> it's just so crazy. It's like, I, I just, I, yeah, religion uh, for me, I'm like, I don't listen. If it's something that helps people get through their day or helps them decide to make moral choices, I don't care. Like, I literally don't care what anybody believes. I'm all for like, you know, freedom of religion and all that stuff. Like, I'm not trying to ever take away anyone's right to that. I think in the right context, it can be beneficial to people's lives. Like, I, I think the only reason I think that too is because like, I know like two or three people that like genuinely believe everything that you would read about in the Bible and all that kind of shit, but they're actually genuinely good people. Mm-hmm. Like they don't judge other people. They're very kind. They're, they live their lives according to what like you're actually supposed to be as a Christian. Like they live that life mm-hmm. and they really are non-judgmental, very like amazing people to be around. And so for me, I think seeing that I'm like, okay, see, like if all, if the rest of you could be like that. Then and we then there's the part issues. of my brain, there's a part of my brain that's like, I've been doing a lot more research lately because I will never get away from loving theology. Like I, I adore theology. Oh, it's, it's fascinating. So, so fascinating. And it's such a window into just how people have been thinking for the last couple of thousand years. Yeah. Um, but the more that I study it and the more that I like look at the roots of Christianity and where the mythos came from and where some of these things came from, I'm like, Y'all do realize that none of this is new to you, right? Like, (laughs) there were at least three world religions before Christianity with this exact same book, just with different names, right? Like, you know this, right? (laughs) No, they don't. That's the problem. Like, I'm like, it's... Like, let's talk about Zoroaster for a second and how he literally was the, the son of God who came down from heaven to die for your sins and then rose again on the third day. Really? Earliest oh, earliest world religion. Zoroastrianism. And it's just like, y'all, it's it's not new and it's not special. 
I yeah. And also, parts of Buddhism know. are the same. Islam is the same. Like y'all. <laughs> well, that's like my thing. I feel like I. That's why walking away from it, I didn't want to call myself like an atheist or an agnostic. I don't care about the term. Like mm-hmm. I believe what I believe, and that's it to me. Uh, but like for me, I feel like I'm not arrogant or cocky enough to look at like literally thousands of years of like literally every tribe and every nation in the entire world trying to find some way to explain the natural world around them oh, and yeah. turning to some kind of religion. I'm like, I am not our spirituality or whatever it is. I'm like, I am not arrogant enough to be like, oh yeah, every all of those people were idiots and they're wrong. No, like I there well, is something to be said about spirituality, but like I just don't feel it. I don't believe it. It's not for me. Like considering how long human civilization has been around to the point of having world religions, like so something this week that boggled my mind. I work the front desk at a gym, so and I open. So I have like three hours in the morning every single weekday morning where I'm doing literally nothing because we have like 10 people that come in to work out. And so I'll just like sit on the internet and like a random thought will pop into my mind and I'll just start researching it and going down rabbit holes every morning. (laughs) And one of my rabbit holes this week was, I was like, okay, I wonder how old the pyramids of Giza are. Just, I'm just curious and looked it up and they were built roughly 2,500 BCE, which wasn't even the beginning of the Egyptian civilization. The oldest known parts of the Egyptian civilization are about 3000 BCE. Uh, And that's the third oldest civilization. There's the the Indus Valley civilization, I believe is the oldest. And that's about 3300 BCE. Um, and I was like, okay, that's that's interesting. That was a long time ago. Cool. I don't really have a reference for like understanding how long ago that was, but that's really cool. And then I was like, so Cleopatra was the last pharaoh of Egypt. When did she live? Because that it must have been somewhere around in there too. She lived around 69 BCE. Hmm. Roughly 2,400 years after the pyramids at Giza were built fuck like she actually lives closer to where we are in history now than when those were built like they were legend and lore far before she was even born so like then I started putting pieces together. I was like, wait a second. So how old is the, like, when was the first dynasty in China? First dynasty in China, which we think of as being so ancient, which it is. But the first dynasty in China was around 1100 BCE. Wow. So Egypt is like a th- like 1400 years older than China. And then you have Greece coming in at like 800 BCE. Uh and then Ireland at 600 BCE. England wasn't until 11 something AD. So like that got me thinking. I was like, wait, so growing up as a Christian, we are taught that Egyptians are basically idiots. And they're this ancient evil society of slave owners who wanted to kill the Israelites. They've been around for 5,000 years (laughs) with extremely advanced technology. And 
in their texts, it says that there was this little army of Israelites that came in and were like, there's a hundred of us. We're going to conquer you. And they were like, no, you're not. And they won the war and enslaved them because that was like the deal back then. And so it's like, but why do we trust this book over the 5,000 year old civilization? (laughs) Also too, like to me, it's so crazy that it's like people at the like, biblical purists i'm like are you dumb like you've got to be dumb (laughs) i'm sorry like i'm like the number of trans one you don't think that anything is lost in translation over like thousands and thousands of years and also multiple translations and multiple people cutting stuff out of the bible because they didn't like what it said like you really think that the bible that exists in this world today (laughs) is the bible that existed back then you're cracked well, like, especially people who are like the King James Bible is the only true Bible. It's like the man literally put the word homosexual in it because he was a raging homosexual who hated himself. Oh, I didn't, that I didn't know. That's it crazy. didn't exist until his time period. That word did not exist until the mid 1700s. I see it. That's, that's, that's see. Just, this is what I'm actually trying to go back to school to study. I was gonna say you should be a teacher. Gender and sexuality, <laughs> but um, yeah, the word homosexual did not exist until the mid 1700s. The word gay didn't exist until the 1950s. Like oh. as as a reference to homosexual people, mm. um, the term lesbian is actually much much older. It's a, I think from like 1300 or something like that. But that's because of the Isle of Lesbos. There was kind of an amazonian female tribe on that island and so they were called lesbians uh which didn't specifically (laughs) denote that they were into women but kind of very quickly took on that meaning so that's been around for a much longer time than the idea of of a homosexual i want to be with them (laughs) right so like we're taking the word of a man who is using new random words made up instead of the original words that were in the text makes literally no sense it's yeah but to me it's like if you expect a lot of these religious people to have literally any form of logic it's just like complete it's pointless i don't even have that argument because it's it's, oh have faith have faith in what have faith in people the people that wrote this (laughs) you have faith in the people that were very clearly trying to manipulate other people and keep the poor poor like literally all of it is bad i'm like you like if you look at any level of it it's bad like well, meanwhile <laughs> christians say that the muslims are the people who are wrong but they're the ones who refuse to let their religious texts be translated and have refused to let them be translated since they were written so they're at least closer to the original uh, setting of their religion even though it's a slightly younger religion than Judaism but just oh, y'all yeah. but then it it just to <laughs> bring it around to modern times <laughs> um, it also makes me think okay so we look at the world and how civilizations have like grown and fallen and all these kinds of things And Egypt is 5,000 years old and China is 4,000 years old. Even England has been around for almost, uh, almost a thousand years. So like 1100 to 2100, 
Yeah, I'm doing that math, right? I think. I'm not a math person. Don't quote me on that. They've been around very long. Our country isn't even 250 years old. Right. So, like, that's where I get my, like, ability to kind of breathe and take a step back sometimes when I get really super angry about the news and I'm just like, how can people be so stupid? I'm like, well, our country is literally an infant. Yeah. (laughs) Compared to every single other country, except for maybe Germany, because they've been around since 1800s. Like every other country on this planet has been around at least a hundred years longer than us. So of course they've worked through their issues before us. Well, it's just frustrating that we're having to live through this country figuring out its issues. (laughs) I mean, we're just the biggest and the loudest and the most bigoted. Like think about a teenager. The teenager is always the biggest, the loudest, and the most opinionated about everything. Like it's it's yeah. I'm not saying I agree with what's going on in the world. I'm just saying that's what gives me some little, little (laughs) tiny bit of grace for this country of just like you gotta take it where you can get it here, honestly. (laughs) Right. You're you're a baby, you'll figure this out. You'll either collapse and it'll be the end of the empire, which is great, or you'll figure it out and you'll calm down and things will be fine in three to six hundred years. Oh, yeah, we won't be around to see it. So I'm like, you know what? Rot. Like that. That's the, right. I, like that's I, I, I feel like at this point in human history. I don't know. It's like it's but it's like I don't know. I think about it because this was my major. I was an international studies major. Oh wow. So like this was like a big part of my studies. And I'm like, I feel like because of the globalized world, like we're so interconnected with everything. Like I feel like mm-hmm. if we go down, everybody's going down. Like because we're the biggest, we're one of the biggest consumers. So like if we go down, mm-hmm. that that directly affects China's manufacturing system which is going to really fuck them over. And then like, that's fucks the rest of the world. Like it's, it's, I mean, I think it would be like a mad dash to the top, which let's face it, the Asian countries are going to win. I mean, are they, if, if we go down and China goes down with us, that leaves Japan. I think China has the resources to recover quicker than us. And because it's homogenized, it's easier to galvanize people to be like, oh, well now we're, we're racing for world power. Like baby, we're like, the nationalism there is like unheard yeah. of. So I feel like that that is like, I'm sure the Japanese would make their bid, but let's face it, China has more people. So like- And I don't yeah. think England's gonna care anymore. I think they're too caught up in their own little bullshits. Oh yeah, they're in their um, own little world. Like they're too busy trying to keep out Syrians. So- <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Um, I do think though, that's why Putin's been so intent on keeping the throne of Russia because he knows if the US goes down, he has a good chance of taking over the world. But stage. I don't think, I, I don't even, I, no, I don't think no, so. No, I'm really not saying he would, but I think yeah. that's what's going through his mind. They think that <laughs> Russian people think, I'm like, ain't nobody respect you. The world basically, like, the every, I feel like across the board, like, most countries don't like Russia. Which is so fascinating because, so I, there's a podcast I listen to speaking, hello podcast, uh, <laughs> self-awareness. Uh, there's a podcast I listen to that is no longer, they, it got combined into another podcast, but it was one of Aaron Mankey's shows called Unobscured. Um, and they did an entire season on the end of the Romanov dynasty, 
which I'd always kind of like heard about like the the lore about it and Anastasia and you know <laughs> all that kind of stuff Great but movie. I didn't ever know right Bartok the Bat is my favorite um, <laughs> I was terrified of that movie as a child <laughs> horrified hey Rasputin is terrifying in that scary movie. the scariest um but I never looked into or knew the history of what was going on and why it happened. Um, but then I never thought about how that was only a hundred years ago. And they, when the Romanovs were all killed, it went into like a, like a temporary government until Stalin took over. And then he was, quote-unquote president for like 50 years right and then Gorbachev took over and he was president for like 30 years and then Putin took over and it's still Putin and I'm like so what you're telling me is you got rid of the one kind of government that actually worked for you and a hundred years later you still haven't figured it out (laughs) I mean Russia, like like, poor Russia but like so much of theirs, like Russia, like we look at it and it's like, oh my God, it's a massive country. They must be, they have, mu- they must have so many people and resources. I'm like, no, it's not. It as a as it's, a country, yeah, it's not yeah. that populated because nobody wants to live in those frozen <laughs> tundras. Like nobody wants to live there. It's horrible. Like it, it's no wonder that like so many Russian people are so like bitter because like. There's well, there's a reason. People. There's a reason why at the end of Fiddler on the Roof, when uh, Hoddle goes off to Siberia everyone's like well i guess you're going to die in the wilderness like like have fun <laughs> it's one of the most hostile like environments in the world so like <laughs> you have to be a hard ass in order to be there like yeah it's oh the world is in such a state such a state like i love how we've all completely like ukraine what's that already the news is like ukraine who's she like <laughs> that's because there's too many other fucked up things going on at the same time and it's like how do we focus on one when literally every country is going up in flames except for northern europe massive flooding where i just saw something there's like a massive flooding is it serbia there's like massive massive like crazy unprecedented flooding y'all i'm done with this planet Plus, I, I, another, another rabbit hole I went down was one day I was like, I wonder what a sustainable population is for this planet. Uh, because we're projected by 2030 to get up to 8 billion people on the planet. Oh uh, we're at 7.2 right now, I believe. And I looked it up, and <laughs> like the general consensus of, among like global scientists is that like 1.5 to 2 billion people is sustainable on the planet. Um, and I'm like, so uh, do we stop having kids or is, yes. this where, or is this where we like figure out how to get Ask. to other planets and start just like colonizing other planets just so we can let this one breathe? <laughs> I'm ready to go to Mars. Like I honestly am so into that. I love like the concept of like, of like honestly, traveling to a new planet. I'm so obsessed with it. I like honestly very, let very me just excited. get on a spaceship like in Wally and just live out in outer space for the rest of my life, eating food and living in like a motorized wheelchair. I'm totally fine with that. <laughs> like that sounds fantastic. 
my yeah, workout is lifting fun. my cup to my mouth. Great. I'm good. <laughs> I'm into it. Yeah. I'll take artificial like gravity. It. Tell me that I'm a hundred pounds. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I don't know. Like space travel like that, like where you're like colonizing an entire another world. Like, and it's like the final frontier again. You know what I mean? Cause like, mm-hmm. It's all nothing but discovery. I mean, I'm very like, I mean, I think that's why as a species, we're so obsessed with space travel is because we can sense that our planet is dying and we need to get off of it. (laughs) And we're just like, please let us find something. (laughs) Let's, let's see. I mean, fortunately we're, if anything, we're going to be very, very old before societal collapse. And at that point, just like, can Throw me that Norwegian death pod and I'm I'm good to go. Like <laughs> honestly, I uh I have you seen the movie Midsommar? Of course. Uh spoiler alert to anyone who hasn't seen it. Um, you know how they like force everyone who's 72 years old to jump off the cliff mm-hmm. because they've reached their peak of usability in society. Oh, we're getting there. And I kind of feel like that's not the worst idea. <laughs> I, I, I feel like I'm not, I'm not sure. advocating for killing people, but like, you know, I don't think you need to. I think that the governments are going to start being like, it's going to start as like a governments can't thing. do that because our government is made up of 72 year olds. I know, but like, it's going to be older. a voluntary thing to start. And then very slowly, it's going to start becoming a thing where they're like, okay, it's not so voluntary anymore. I get watch, mark my words. Like, <laughs> timestamp this date at like, I was right. <laughs> um, watch. I, I would I think if we were to do what Thomas Jefferson wanted to with the Constitution and rewrite it every 20 years. <laughs> I think something that we should put into the constitution is that the government must be made up of people who are a similar age to the average age of the country they are serving. Or at least have age dispersity, like have young I mean, people mixed in with the with middle-aged people. Absolutely. Because then you get the full range of human experience, like within a country. Like, Well, because the <laughs> average age of the Senate right now, I believe is in the 60s. And the average age of the country is the mid-30s. So, like, I'm sorry, a 60-year-old isn't going to know what the interests of a 30-year-old are. No, not at all. At not all. even close. Even if they had kids, even if they have grandkids, like, it doesn't matter. They're not going to connect. Well, and the, the point that I constantly come back to with that is most laws that are made at that level, other than, like, immediate societal laws, but, like, environmental laws things like that don't start to show the effects for about 20 until about 20 years later Mm -hmm. like what they do for the environment now won't really show its effects on the environment for another 20 years or so the people making the laws right now are not going to be around when the effects are showing Right. So they should not be making the laws if they aren't going to be alive for the laws to take effect. Right, exactly. <laughs> you know, we live in I hell know. world right now. <laughs> we really do. And I'm trying desperately to wash my hands in this country so I could just be like, America, what's that? I don't know. Bye. Very extremely. <laughs> Move to Antarctica. You know, I'm done. <laughs> Only. I'm going to 
skip on over to Japan. That seems like the move. <laughs> I'm actually trying to move to Scotland. It really just like, ugh. I'll go live in the Highlands with a bunch of people who are progressive and have cool accents. Like, Word. that's all I want. <laughs> I'm pretty sure to date, they're like the only country that's apologized for their witch trials. Really? I'm fairly certain. Someone call me out on that, but like, I'm fairly certain. Wild. Um, not that that's like the only thing to look at when moving, oh. but like, it's it shows a certain amount of self-awareness. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, on a lighter note... <laughs> Where can people find you performing these days? So the main... Besides French. (laughs) Yes, besides French. uh, This Saturday. I don't know when this is getting released, but... um, It'll be released on Saturday. So if you're listening on Saturday, when you just watched us do brunch, uh, leave a review and it better be five stars because if it's not, I'm going to come find you. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Besides this brunch this week with you... Um, I do a weekly brunch down in the financial district, uh, with my co-host Frida Cox. Uh, it's at a restaurant called Toro Loco and it's super fun. Uh, we do, I mean, it's the very standard brunch, but like, I feel like we're a little bit. <laughs> Is it more- Sundays or Saturdays? Sundays, Sundays. Okay. I was like, I'm not taking you away from your brunch. No, like, no, no, I, no, no, no. I literally just had a panic attack. I was like, oh no. no. <laughs> No, Sunday, it's, it's every Sunday, um, 1230 and 3, we do two seatings and like, we're very, I think we're a lot of fun and we're very, um, we've known each other for a long time, so we play well off each other and we're very uh, raunchy, I will I say, that. which I feel like is not a thing in the drag world anymore. I feel like nobody, like everyone's scared to be like, even remotely like sexual now because I feel like everyone's like, oh my God, like I'm going to get, like, I'm like, I don't do anything inappropriate. Like I, I, I just make jokes, you know what I mean? Like. Nobody yeah, has yeah. to do anything they don't want to do, like the brunch. So I definitely do a lot of innu- innuendo, but it's kind of innuendo of like, it's like watching Bugs Bunny or like mm-hmm. Rocky and Bullwinkle, where it's like all of the adults will get it and the kids will be like, what does that mean? We're flat <laughs> out. Like we one of, one of, one of <laughs> Frida's favorite things to do. We do like a game, a dancing game, whatever, like a runway thing, very standard drag stuff. Uh, but she, before we announce what the audience said, like, we'll pull the members before we announce what they do. <laughs> She'll be like, we're going to have a dick sucking competition. <laughs> and people, <laughs> people, like, lose their minds. They're like, what? <laughs> like, it's, it's, it's really funny. And then we Wait, she, needs to, <laughs> she needs to go to West Hollywood and go to FUBAR and go to BFD. Uh, which stands for big fucking dick. Oh my um, God. <laughs> I think it's every, I want to say every Thursday night. I could be wrong. It's been a very long time since I've gone. But they have a big dick con- contest every week. And the way they do it is there's like a fluffer in the back <laughs> And the guys will just go in the back room, get sucked off until they're hard. And then they'll take a picture of it. And then they hang the pictures up in the bar and you get to vote on which one you think is the best. <laughs> it's so great. I think that's one of Johnny McGovern's nights. I could be wrong. That is one of the most buck wild things I've ever heard. <laughs> oh, West Hollywood is wild. How do I get, how do I send it to be the fluffer? <laughs> <laughs> 
I think you just show up. <laughs> That's insane. Yeah, I'm. I'm not going to incriminate myself with the things that I have done at that bar, but I definitely oh. have uh, partaken at that bar. That's good to know. West Coast, best coast. <laughs> Hey, it's hard to do anything that bad when there are very few go-go boys in New York. I truly don't understand why that is not a thing. That was like my biggest culture shock when I moved here. I was like, where are the dancers and why are they not helping the drag queens? (laughs) I... I mean, I think the only one that really... It's like spunk at the monster and then like sometimes at the queue, but like... Yeah. That's it. Like in my mind, that's it. Every show in Seattle, every show in West Hollywood, like Portland, everywhere, just constantly all up and down the West Coast. If there's not a drag queen performing currently, there are go-go dancers on boxes dancing. Wild. Yeah. Uh, It's so weird because it keeps the energy up. And then you can like do two or three numbers and then go and change and then do two or three numbers. And like the audience keeps that energy the whole time. Versus in New York, you could do two or three numbers. And then if you go away for a while and come back, they're like, oh, you again? Yeah, that's true. Aren't we done with you? (laughs) I think New York, though, is so, like, I think that's why New York has one of the best drag scenes. Because New York is so drag heavy. Like, Mm. it really is. I feel like this is probably one of the more drag heavy cities in, like, you know, America. I think I'm just mad because I'm always better friends with the go-go dancers than with the queens. That's sad. I, I mean, I'm a, I'm a bitch, so like, <laughs> I get it. <laughs> and I, I tip go-go dancers bitch, better. So. <laughs> I truly think that's what it is, is. I used to tip the go-go dancers like 20s, and then the drag queens, I'd be like, you didn't do anything to impress me in that number, so why would I tip you? <laughs> that's my friend Coma down. That's like canceled. Like, she like clings to that dollar, like for dear life. She's like, you have to work for this fucking dollar. I have, I... <laughs> I'm not proud of it, kind of am, but I'm not proud of it. I've been to shows in New York and not tipped once because I'm just like, if you're going to claim to be the best drag in the world, show me something. Like, (laughs) don't expect me to hand you a dollar. I feel that. If you're not showing what you can actually do. Because you can tell energy. Like, sure, I don't move around a lot, but... I put my heart and soul into what I'm doing. Yeah. So like, if you can tell if someone's just like phoning it in and doing the same number they do every single week because they they do that number every week, I'm going to be like, yeah, I'm not here for it. I mean, to me, a drag is about fun. And like, if you're yeah. not having fun, the audience isn't going to have fun. Absolutely. And that's it to me. Like that, it's very simple one one two three you know what I mean I I love it every like every six months it goes around on Facebook where queens are like don't be on your phones at a drag show if you're gonna be at a drag show pay attention and I always want to comment and this take this as my comment (laughs) if an audience member is not paying attention to your show do something worth watching worth watching or just like I mean like also know that like not everybody is into drag like i don't it's like if they're holding their phones maybe they're filming you or maybe they're posting on instagram that they're at a show 
and telling people that they should come. Like, don't assume that people are on their phones because they're bored with you. Yeah. No, I, I never have understood the, like, I... And it's, it's like lives. the same people who complain about bachelorette parties. I'm like, if you don't enjoy bachelorette parties, you clearly aren't doing your job correctly because that's when I make the most tip money. I was gonna say, they give you the most money. <laughs> like, I am like, I love, I love working in Long Island because Long Island, like, the older white women in Long Island are like the biggest tippers. They will fully oh, give yeah, you 50s. Yeah. Like every time you come around, they'll give you a 20 or a 50. Like they're like, they, and they will look at their husband like, give her money right now. Like, oh yeah. The few times where I've gotten tip spots at Lips, I've made like hundreds of dollars because it's all bachelorette parties and birthday parties. And they're like, oh my God, take a 20. Oh my God, here's five 20s. Like, just live your life. I'm living my life by you living your life. Oh my God, I'm so excited. Like, if you don't like that shit, you're the problem. <laughs> I mean, drunk white women are where it's at, baby. Like, for money, as a drag queen, drunk white women are like the number one. Like, oh, yeah. always. Like, oh, yeah. drunk women in general, <laughs> I feel like. But specifically drunk white women, it's like, I will always be like, you, you're the one that's going to give me the money today. (laughs) You just stand in front of them with your hand out. They're like, okay. Yeah, Yeah. literally. Yeah. Uh, To all the drunk white women listening, thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Um, What are your socials for the people listening? Uh, so it is Jessica Rose NYC on pretty much everything. Um, it's technically Jessica Rose underscore NYC on Instagram. But like, if you're listening and you follow Vivian or literally anybody in nightlife, like if you type in Jessica Rose NYC, I will come up. So perfect. Well, thank you very, very much for being on the podcast. Thank you for having me. And thank you for being at brunch. Cause I'm going to pretend like they're listening to this after brunch. <laughs> it was a wonderful show. And if you weren't at brunch, how dare you come how next dare. time? <laughs> uh, the uh, Cornerstone Tavern on 51st and 2nd has brunch every single Saturday seating at noon show at one ish. Uh, myself i am there every other saturday and on the off saturdays it's my uh it's our other host plasma la rose who is also a wonderful queen so please support all the girls all over the city all over the world uh help us pay our bills and get taco bell after the gig (laughs) thank you for being on the podcast jessica thank you see you soon and we'll see y'all later bye Yeah, but. Thank you yeah, for listening but. to Yeah But with Vivian Gabor. Tune in next week, same place, same time.
Bye. Bye.